Mindfulness Mode 107. It's about asking him, what do you want me to convey? Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, do you want to share mindfulness with your children? It can be so much fun for both of you. I have a free ebook I've written called 21 Ways to Practice Mindfulness with Your Child Every Day for 7 Minutes. Download it at mindfulnessmode.com slash 21 ways. Enter your name and email, and you'll have it in no time. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Clem Herod on the line today. Hey, Clem, are you in mindfulness mode? Bruce, I definitely am. I definitely am. Excellent. Clem Herod is a video projectionist and sports camera operator. He's worked with the Orlando Magic basketball team, shooting games for 15 seasons, and he also works with many well-known companies as a widescreen projectionist for events and shows. Clem's career involves a considerable amount of travel, and he uses his mindfulness practices to remain grounded and connected to home in spite of not being there in the flesh. So, Clem, tell us, what does mindfulness mean to you? That's a, I've thought about that question deeply, you know, for a while, and, and for me, mindfulness is just being aware and present in the moment and just understanding yourself, understanding your body, those around you, the the space, the time that you're in and just being connected with, with, with everything, trying to be connected with everything and feeling your environment. And so you're not with your family all the time. You travel a lot. How do you stay connected to your family using mindfulness? One of the first things I do, I constantly, I, I text my, my son is seven. I text him, I text my wife and let them know it's just as far as how my travel day is going. And um, when I get to the hotel, I, I'm a person, I enjoy views. Like I have to be able to see my mm-hmm. surroundings and be a part of the city that I am. I'm in, but also be connected to home. So I'll try to get a room with a great view and then I'll rearrange the furniture in the hotel room that's most comfortable for, you know, for, for me and then remind me of home or, you know, sometimes I'll bring some, some lights to kind of set the tone. Um, I'll definitely bring a candle, uh, some tea that's that I'll have at home, um, a picture of my family, just little things to just, even though I'm out of town and I'm in a hotel room, I try to treat that hotel room as my space. This is my area. This is my comfort zone, my um, home away from home, or my home, my office out of town for you know that week or whatever. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you get your room set up so you're comfortable with it. You get some lighting, you get a candle, you get some tea, and then you text. Or are there other ways you connect with your family at that point? Yeah, Facetime definitely Facetime as well. Okay, so then you connect on FaceTime. And then how do you get into the moment and connect with your family so that you really feel that, you know, you're not separated by thousands and thousands of miles? Just uh, trying to, you know, all of our events are on our calendars. But my son has a calendar, my wife has a calendar, my, my daughter 
is three. You know, she has activities too. Everybody, my, my in-laws, everybody has a calendar that's all synced to the phone. So I review what's going on and I, you know, I'm aware of what's going on for the week and that time that I'm gone. So that every time I'm talking to um, somebody, you know, my son or my wife and my daughter, I know what's going on in their lives and we're talking about it and we're preparing and in the mornings I'll help my, my son has a list of things that he has to do um, to his steps toward getting ready to walk out the door. And one of those steps is to, to let me know that you're awake. So if I'm at home, that's him finding me and letting me know that he's awake. If I'm on the road, that's him FaceTiming me and letting me know that he's awake and he's getting his day started. And then we'll go through the process of picking out his outfits and making sure that, you know, everything matches and just still being present or doing my best to still be present and still be his father and take care of those things at home. So, Clem, it sounds like you set up this arrangement with your family. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 an ongoing process, but I try to um, I like the, the term agreement. Um, it's more of an agreement that I'm going to be present, even though I'm not physically there. I'm still going to be present with you all, and these are the things that I'm going to do. And if you have any other ideas, let's work together to try to get this agreement so that there aren't expectations, and and expectations are. You know, they may be met or they may not be met. And if we have an agreement, then we can understand and upfront talk about how we can stay connected. Right. I see. So what kind of device does your son use to communicate with you digitally? Um, well, we're, we're a, a Mac family, or at least my, I am. I'm a Mac person. So my son has an iPod, uh, iPod Touch, and he uses that to FaceTime. I see. Yeah. Okay. So was this difficult to get your son on board kind of going along with this whole plan? Um, it was difficult at initially, but once I put together the list, because my son is very detail oriented, just as I am. So once he saw that he had a list of things that he had to do, and this will help him to have steps to get his day started. And I'm a part of a step then it became natural because he loves talking to me. He loves hanging out with me when I'm at home. Mm -hmm. But by me being gone, it's like I'm absent in a way. And so it's, it's, this was a way for us to kind of, you know, stay together. And he easily ad adopted the, uh, the process. Okay. So does this help him to remember events for himself throughout the day as well? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because we have, like I said, he has a calendar and, and uh, when he has baseball practice or a game or a STEAM um, STEM club that he's a part of, you know, the different little things that go on in his life, uh, he's able to look at it or even know what's going on with his mom when she's at work or when I'm away or where I am, different things like that, yes. And is it ever difficult for him to, to hang on to his iPod touch and not like set it down and, you know, lose it, something like that, misplace it? There sometimes is a struggle to locate this, the device. And he's like, dad, could you, can you hit find my, find my iPod for me so I can, so I can find it? And yeah. most of the time it's in the car. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or not on a charger because that's where it's supposed to be, but it's not on the charger. Yeah. Yeah. There are times. <laughs> right. Well, I ask all these questions, Clem, because my son's 14 and he could really benefit from the system. And it sounds like a lot of this system is creating habits and then just keeping those habits consistent. Would you say that's true? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Consistency is, um, 
has definitely helped to form and shape good habits or bad habits, you know, but, but making sure that things are, that you have an order and a process and then they become natural. And that's part of, for me, that's part of that mindfulness, you know, just if, if I hold him accountable, like, Hey, I didn't hear from you. What was up? Are you not doing the things on your list? And he's like, Oh yeah, I did the things on my list. I just didn't call you. Well, that's one of the items on the list. So you didn't do the list. Ah, very good. Well, I personally have an accountability partner and I find the same thing with myself. I do the thing and sometimes I forget to send him a message to say, oh, just completed that. So I'm exactly the same way as your son. (laughs) That's very interesting. So let's go back to your childhood when you were around your son's age. It sounds like you had some real challenges and, and can you think of how mindfulness might have helped you back then, or maybe mindfulness did help you? It's mm. a good question. Um, there was a lot of, I think mindfulness could have helped me, but I don't, mm, I, there was a lot of suppression of the things that were going on. And, you know, those were, there were a lot of, mindfulness definitely would have helped me and understanding what was going on would have helped me. Um, but there was like a lot of suppression of feelings and emotions of, you know, things that were, that I was experiencing. Um, I thought, you know, these are things that just every child had or went through. Um, and mindfulness definitely would have helped. But as I become an adult and looking back at the things that have happened in my childhood, it, it helped me to realize, okay, these, this is the reason why I respond to certain things, or this is the reason why I act a certain way and trying to redirect that energy and make sure that I'm trying to teach my son how to be mindful um, of things that are happening in the moment, appreciate the moment, reflect on it, understand it, things like that. And how do you do that? How do you help him to be mindful? Because with kids, they see the world in a different way than we do as adults. They do, but you know what? That's that's beautiful at times, though. There, there's, there are moments in my life where it's like, man, you know what? Let me just be a, be a child for a moment. Let me just isolate myself from everything and the headache and the chaos. Let me just enjoy this moment. And and like one thing, I um, I uh, kind of reproposed to my wife in a way. You know, she got a new uh, wedding band, wedding ring. And my son was outside playing and I knew what I was going to do, but you know, I brought, I brought him in and he was anxious. You know, he wanted to go back outside and play with his friends. And I was like, CJ, just relax. Enjoy this moment. Just, just, just hang out for a second. You know, I didn't tell him what I was going to do, but I was just, I was encouraging him, encouraging him to just, just be here and you know, enjoy this time with, with your mom and dad. You know, we're about to go out to dinner. Just hang out for a second. Your friends will be there. And so, you know, then I got down um, took my wife outside and my son happened to be there. My daughter was there. And I got down on my knee and, you know, I said a couple of words to my wife and I gave her the ring and, you know, she accepted it. She was, you know, happy. <laughs> and uh, on our way out to dinner, we were on our way to dinner and I stopped my son. I said, now, you see what just happened there? You almost missed that because you wanted to go outside and play with your friends. Sometimes you have to realize that there are other things going on just Take time to appreciate, see everything, see the big picture, and then decide what you want to do. Right. 
What a great lesson and uh, what a great story that is, you know, like so <laughs> like that's really exciting. And that takes me into my next question. And that is, I totally understand how you're using the digital world to keep connected with your son while you're away. Now, with your wife and I'm married to I have a wife. I'm wondering if it's a very different thing, because, I mean, we want to keep that romance alive. We want to keep that spark. And that's not as easy to do digitally, is it? Like, like. I want to know how you do that part of it. Well, you know, and that's that's what I'm I'm still learning how to do because my son, <clears throat> my son is seven, mm-hmm. and I've been with him all his life. You know, right. sure. Now you think about okay, I met my wife in 2000, so that's 16 years that we've been together. Right. There are whole, you know, there's 11 years of life that she's had of, of experiences before me that I'm still, you know, deciphering through and understanding and still trying to manage to understand her. So it's still just trying to learn still, there's still ways to learn the individual and how they communicate, how they function and how I can, um, touch them from this distance. You know, it's still so many little ways, you know, sometimes I'll, I would give her flowers before I would leave. And, um, and then, you know, those flowers would kind of be my replacement while I was gone. But I don't know if that reached her. I don't know if that touched her. Um, mm-hmm. I try to FaceTime her sometimes, but she's busy with her business. She's an entrepreneur herself. She's busy with her business and then managing the kids and, and other things. Okay, so there's not a lot of time to FaceTime. Okay, so now I try to make appointments of when we could maybe talk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's so many little ways that I'm still trying to figure out how to stay connected with her while I'm gone. Well, yesterday I received a a message from my wife on uh, Facebook and it was just really special because she doesn't send me a huge number of messages. She said something about check out this video. This is how I think about you. And then I clicked on the video and it was about different people who had worked at changing the world. And for many years they felt like it wasn't happening. And then they did. And these were all famous people who we all know have changed the world. It was really meaningful to me. And I think because she doesn't send me a lot of things. And so this was like, wow, this really spoke to me. So yeah, it's really cool how we can connect through Facebook or any other social media, or even just like you said, FaceTime. Right. And you know, and as you say that, it's like, I'm, I think about how I'm constantly trying to connect to her but what about the ways that she's trying to connect with me? You know, it's like, that's how sometimes we need to stop thinking about what we're doing. Think about what the other person is doing for us. Like, think about that message that your wife sent you to, to, to let you know that she was thinking about you. Like, that, that let, helped you to feel special and warm. Yes. Yes, it did. Because even though I don't do as much traveling as you, my studio is in a different city and I, I travel. It's about a half hour drive. So I work out of my studio every day. So, you know, there are many hours that I'm not with her, of course. And so I want to be able to connect with her. But my question is also this. It's you've talked a lot about how you connect with your children and that's fantastic. But sometimes we have to connect with our spouse separate from our children, like make a date, you know, get out there and, and spend time. How do you do that? Well, that's something that um, we, 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 we attempt to have a uh, once a week, um, I call it a meeting 
<laughs> right. I like to call it a meeting, but it's also, it, it is a date night, you know, because we, we enjoy the moment. We enjoy our time, but we're also going to find time in that to discuss family business and, and family and what's going on. Uh, it's almost like a weekly review practice. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and as long as we're communicating, we're communicating about ourselves, our emotions, how we feel about our love, about life, society, everything going on. But most importantly, let's talk about what's going on with our family because we spend a lot of time apart working and managing our own businesses. But let's, let's make sure that we connect and spend time together, you know, whether it be going to dinner or going to the movies or finding a fun activity to, you know, going on a Segway tour or traveling. We like to travel, you know, um, together as well and take a trip, just the two of us, to rejuvenate ourselves and our love and just you know we spend some time apart but we also spend a lot of time together on those trips right right clem let's go back to your time at florida state i know you graduated from florida state university what did you study and was mindfulness part of your studies back then (laughs) oh man (laughs) it definitely was it definitely was I, i studied media production at the college of communication since middle school I've been involved in television production and uh, working at movie theater and just um, so at Florida State, I was studying media production, television production, and I thought I wanted to be a editor because I enjoyed that process of cutting mm-hmm. and pasting and p- putting things together. And I applied for the film school, did not get into the film school, but I did get into the College of Communication, which is a very limited access program in itself. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would edit projects and shoot projects, but I was also, um, there was a lot of money. Florida State, is, uh, we won the national championship while I was there, very big in sports. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of money in the promotion of sports. And so I learned, even though I never, I'm six seven, very athletic built, um, and, but I never played sports. Right. But I was in an environment with television production and sports where I learned how to shoot sports. I was constantly around sports, whether it be basketball, men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, uh, of course, Florida State football. And then in Tallahassee, we had arena football and hockey. So doing, working around those things and shooting all of these sports for the big screen, the, you know, Jumbotron or whatever, the screens in the arenas or packages that we would shoot and edit later, um, I was constantly shooting. So all of that prepared me to, for when I graduated, I got my internship with the Orlando Magic in 2001. So I've been with the Orlando Magic, like I said, 15, like you said, 15 seasons all that time. But my foundation was from middle school of understanding television production, going to a special high school, uh, William H. Turner Technical Arts High School in Miami, where two of my six classes were television production. Then at Florida State, being in media production and learning how to shoot sports. So by the time I got to the Magic and then working with the Rays and the, um, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Tampa Bay Lightning and the, um, shooting Bucks games and, high school and college football, all of that, that foundation had already been set. So I was able able to easily transition into shooting sports. And it was just, it was natural. So just being mindful of that television production flow. It was beautiful. So I want to know more about how you were mindful with this. Is that just that you excluded other things in your life that distracted you or tell us about that? Yeah, well, um, it was more so that, no, I really didn't exclude other things necessarily because I was very active in my fraternity 
um, very active on campus. And I just did everything. I just did it all. Okay. I didn't necessarily go to the games. Like everybody else is going to a Florida state football game, sitting in the stands cheering. I really didn't have a desire to necessarily do that. My joy, my passion was to be behind the camera and shoot it. So it was just mindful of understanding what I enjoyed doing Uh and what I wanted to do and not let my peers, you know, yeah, they're going to the game. They're going to have fun doing that. I'm not necessarily going to have fun doing that. I'll have fun hanging out with them afterwards, but I have to be true to myself and be mindful of what I enjoy doing. I didn't even understand or I didn't understand God's plan for me and, and my where it would, where my career path would take me as far as shooting for the magic and all of that. I didn't know, but I knew what I enjoyed in that moment. I knew what made me happy and that's what I pursued. And did it take you a long time to f- discover that those were your passions? It, it, it took me a while to, to I, no, I knew what I liked. I knew what I enjoyed doing, but to understand that it was a passion Yes, I think it, it did take me a while. It did take me a while to do that. And what it, and like for me, when I realized that this was my passion, this is something that I enjoy doing, and then it's like, wow, I can make money from this? Wow, I can make this much money from this? I'm just having fun. Like even with traveling, right. for me, my, my, my time is dedicated to my family. When I'm not on the road traveling, I'm at home. I'm trying to be super dad. I'm trying to do super husband. I'm trying to do everything that I can do for my family. And then when I'm on the road, I'm at camp. Like for me, I get to hang out with my friends. I get to, you know, I stay in, a, um, you know, my hotel room is like my, my tent in a way, you know, and then we get to go and, and hook up some AV equipment and play in our own little departments. And then it's, and then I enjoy this time here. But then when I get on that plane or on my way to the airport, I'm getting back into daddy mode. I'm mindful of, Hey, when I get back home, I've got to pick up that ball and I've got to start running with it and preparing myself for that. I really like what you said about being super dad, super husband. Well, you've mentioned God's plan for you. How do you be a super Christian and use mindfulness to do it? Trying to figure out what your purpose is or asking God to show you, excuse me, asking God to show you what your purpose is in life, what your purpose in life is or purpose in a specific moment to me. That's how you be a, a, a Christian. That's how you be a, a super Christian to realize it's not about you. It's not about whatever message that you want to convey. It's about asking him, what do you want me to convey? What message do you want me to get out? Speak right. to my heart so that I can speak to others. That's a great answer. It really is. Clem, I've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade, and I've seen how the practice of mindfulness can make a huge difference in the lives of children or adults who have been bullied. Do you have a story about a specific bullying situation where mindfulness might have made a difference? Yes, yes, I do. Actually, yesterday, yesterday, I'm at work. Um, I'm working on a convention floor, a huge convention area. And traveling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. People are people are probably doing like 20,000 20, to 30,000 steps as they're, you know, on their trackers right. in this convention area. And so realizing this a couple of years ago, I was like, my feet hurt at the end of the day. And being here a whole week and doing this, I bought a scooter, like a little Razor scooter. And I traveled with it, traveled here to Vegas with it. And I would use it in the um, 
from the convention area to go back and forth. Sure. And some people would have bikes, other people had scooters and stuff. And I was like, you know, this is just a way to help my feet. Okay. Yeah, for <laughs> and, sure. so, and so I've, I've had this for a couple of years here. And then so um, yesterday, and mind you, this is an area where a lot of forklifts are driving around, scissor lifts, people on carts. There's a lot of activity. And so yesterday, somebody um, rode up on me. <laughs> That's how I felt. Like they rode up on me on a cart. Yeah. And a guy in a uniform, um, you know, I guess a person of authority, if you yeah. will, he came to me and said, hey, somebody's told you before, you can't ride this in here. And I was like, um, excuse me. First of all, hello. How are you? Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. and you know, my name is Clem, you know, and, and second of all, nobody has said anything to me about this scooter and I, and me um, not being able to ride this in here. You must have me mistaken for somebody else. Right now. I took that. I, I realized I understood the situation. I felt like he was trying to bully me. Yes. You know, the way he approached me. But being mindful of that, hey, I'm very, like I said, I'm a tall uh, black male and I have a certain stature. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to intimidate somebody. And I don't like the way that he, this person in a uniform is trying to intimidate and this person of authority is trying to intimidate me. Right. So I will let him know that that's not how you approach somebody. Exactly. I'm a person just like you. I should be respected just as you would like to be respected. You, you, have, you, you introduce yourself, you say you're, you're who you are, you express the situation, and then we make an agreement that I will not ride the scooter in here. Sure. And so how did it come out? What was the outcome? Oh, I, I, I agreed. I said, okay, I understand. And I, because I let him know in a very polite way, because I, I was not going to, you know, go to the level that he, I felt that he was trying to take me to. Mm-hmm. Um, he did apologize in a way. Um, and he, we made an agreement. I would not ride the scooter in there. And he rolled off. But I think that he understood who I was and where I was coming from. And that maybe then he, too, would approach other people in a different way. Yeah. Clem, I really like that story. It really applies to mindfulness. That's for sure. Clem, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Oh, man. My uh, my coach. My coach, Nick Snap. <laughs> he's, a, he's a podcaster himself. He's a productivity coach. Um, he's got his own show, The Make It Snappy Show. And... Uh, you know, um, I was, I'm sorry, uh, 30 seconds, <laughs> Coach Nick Snap. <laughs> he helped me to realize that I'm a mindful individual when I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. Awesome. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Clem? Oh, it's helped me to just relax, to be more calm, to be a better father, just to, to take, not let outside stress take me to another place. I want to bring everybody into a calmer, more relaxing place. How has breathing been a part of your mindfulness practice? Learning how to pause. Just as I did when you asked me that question, learning how to pause, take a breath, gather my thoughts. Because a lot of times they're scattered all over the place. But I want to pull them in, figure out what exactly I want to say, 
and then allow that one, allow that thought to come out. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would that be? Mm, love language. Um, five love languages. Um, understanding who you are, how you process information, how you process love might not be the same way somebody else processes information or processes love. How can I communicate the love that I have for other people, the love I have for God, the love I have for life in general? How can I show that to somebody else for them to be able to process what I'm saying? Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? Calm. Uh, Calm app is something that I um, use on a daily basis. And also our daily bread is something that I use often as well, just to be able to get God's word in me, but also be able to, to center myself and to say, okay, Clemente, relax, take a moment. Be at peace. Excellent. Excellent. What advice would you give a person who is new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? It takes time. It's not going to, it's not going to just happen for you. You have to understand that everything that you've experienced in life is going, is, has shaped who you are and it's shaped who you are for a reason. You need to understand that reason. You need to try to understand what you're created to do, who you're created to be, what purpose you serve in life in a moment with other people and just try to walk in that. Clem, it has been such a pleasure to spend this time with you, learning from you, talking with you. I'm certainly inspired by what you've done with your life. Tell Mindful Tribe, how can we contact you or learn more about what you do? Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm a very visual person. I'm on Instagram, uh, Clemco, C-L-E-M-C-O dot A-V is my um, my Instagram page. And Tuvok15, T-U-V-A-C-1-5. I'm also on Facebook. All right. Well, we'll connect with you there. And like I said, really appreciate you being on the show and sharing your mindfulness thoughts and concepts and, and all about your exciting life. So thanks again, Clem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. It's helped me to, uh, I love talking to other people about this type of stuff because it helps me to gather my thoughts and think about how I truly feel about a certain situation, a certain topic. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. Good to hear. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.